So I'm going to be the first to admit that I don't really have a solid plan for what I'm going to talk about today. Episode 3 on The Ordinary Joe Show. And I can't believe it's already episode 3. How did that happen? This has actually been a pile of fun. I like talking and maybe it's because I work from home. I use this as an excuse to just talk to people. I don't have a huge plan for what I want to talk about today, but I am calling it Ode. I think I'm going to call it Ode to Edna. And maybe, I wouldn't put this in the description, but I think I might call it on my Facebook page, Ode to Edna, my mom, and some random guy. Or Ode to Edna, my mom, some rude bastard in a pub in Verdon, and some random guy. That's a pretty long title, but I've got a couple of stories to share with you today, and I'm going to talk a little bit about my book. And uh, for those of you who don't know much about my book, I'm writing a book called Ordinary Joe, and it captures some of the lessons that I've learned, not just in the past couple of years, but through my life and how they relate to some lessons that I learned when I was working with a man named Leroy. And the funny thing is about this book is that even as I'm writing it, I am learning more and more lessons. And that's something that I want to talk about today is some of the lessons that are coming just from writing the book. So I'm going to start off with a story for you. Now, those of you who don't know me, I'm I'm just a tad over 25. I like to tell everybody that I'm 25 years old, but I'm a little bit older than that. But years and years and years ago, I lived in a town called Verdon. Great town, great place, southwestern Manitoba. Shout out to all the Verdon people and Reston and Cromer and Pipestone, Sinclair, all the places, really great people, loved growing up in the country. And uh, I was out there, I think I was a teacher then. And uh, uh, when you're 20s, you're so, I was, you're a lot different than when you're in your 50s, right? And I was a lot different person. And we're sitting in the bar one night in, uh, in Verdon. And I, I couldn't even tell you that all the people that were there were sitting at this, having some drinks and some beers and whatever. And there's this guy sitting across from me who I kind of knew, didn't know him super well. He clearly didn't know me, uh, but obviously he'd heard of me. And uh, <laughs> we're sitting there having some drinks. And uh, he doesn't say anything to me, but he turns to his friend. And I can clearly hear him because he's standing or he's sitting right across from me. And he says, who is that? And uh, his friend, who I don't actually even remember who it was, says, oh, well, that's Jody Zarn. And uh, he looks at the guy and he gets this puzzled look on his face and he says, well, isn't that, isn't she that really weird one? <laughs> and uh, at the time, in your early 20s, I was just fucking crushed. I was like, Jesus, man, like, that's, that's like super hurtful. Why would you say something like that? And I was, I was very embarrassed. And uh, my little feelings got hurt. And uh, it really threw me for a loop. And that's always stayed with me. And here's why. Because at the time, in your early 20s, you're still trying to figure out who you are, and you're trying to fit in. And make friends and do all the stuff, right? Uh, belong in this community. And then this horse's ass comes and says something like, isn't she that weird one? And I won't lie, he wasn't wrong. Uh, those of you who know me are know that I'm a little bit different. I've got a crazy sense of humor and I swear a lot and I will make no apologies for that. I'm very artistic and creative. And so I'm not your average bear. And at the time, being called weird, especially in front of people, was a huge insult and very hurtful. Now, many, many years later, I think I'd say to the guy, thanks for the compliment, you horse's ass. And uh, now I know that being weird is not a bad thing and being called weird, fuck it, let's just call it for what it is. It's a compliment. I'd rather be called weird than be called boring 
or average or cream of wheat. And that story always stuck with me. And so today I want to do a few odes to a few people and talk about how this relates to my book. Now, one of the first odes that I'd like to do is an ode to my grandmother, Edna. She was my mom's mom and I never met Edna. She passed away years before I was born. So I never got a chance to know her, but through my mom, I've learned a lot about her type of character and the type of person that she was. And I think my mom is a lot like Edna in many, many ways. And my mom has been a huge source of inspiration for me my entire life and even now. And isn't it funny that uh, one thing that I've really been thinking about lately with this book and and talking about the Leroy stories and, and all this stuff is that through our life, you can learn a lot, right? We always learn lots of lessons and sure, some of the lessons will come from school. Some of the lessons will come from books and courses and, and all that. But I think some of the best lessons that you get are through life experiences and inspiration from other people. And it could be good people in your life who treat you well and inspire you through positive things, or it could be lessons through people who are dicks, to put it plainly. And no matter what, uh, I've been able to look at my life and all the people in my life, good, bad, and ugly, have had the potential to inspire me and teach me lessons and, and kind of bring me a sense of knowledge that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. And so I could do an ode. I could do a million odes for all the people that I know in my life. And because everybody I think has the potential to teach us a lesson. And I've learned lots from all the people around me. So Edna was quite a character from what I know. Mom's dad, Lionel, was, uh, he was originally born in England and he came over as a young man, as a teenager, and he started farming in southwestern Manitoba. And I won't go into all the gory details, but uh, Lionel was not a nice man. He he was not a nice man to Edna, and he wasn't nice to his kids. And and in this day and age, we would probably call it abusive. And he was a bit of a bastard, to put it plainly. And Edna was only 15 when she got married, and I think Lionel was 37. And she that started quite a journey of hers because her life was very hard living with Lionel because he didn't treat her very nicely. They had nothing. And through all of it, and uh, through all of the hardships that she had, she never lost that really carefree spirit, that carefree zest of for life. And my mom used to always say that Edna would say, if you don't like my gate, don't swing on it, which I really, really love because I think Edna was the type of person that no matter what adversity she faced, she was steadfast and true to herself. And what you saw was what you got. And she loved to laugh. And, and I can see that not only through my mom, but through her siblings as well. Edna had 10 children and they all had that real zest for life. And I don't know, that spirit where you can just laugh your ass off and, and laugh at the world and what you, what you see is what you get. And my mom is very much like that. So mom, if you're listening, I think you're fantastic. Mom is a take no prisoners kind of gal. She doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks of her. And she's tried a million things over her life ranging. She was a, a security guard for the RCMP. She started her own DJ business. She wrote a course safety in the swine barn. She paints regularly. And one thing about mom is that she does not give two shits what people think of her. And because of that, she's never been afraid to try new things, to expand her horizons and her creativity as a person or to help our family and help other people as well and help the community. And I have boatloads of respect for my mom for that. So when I was writing this book, I, I really had to dig deep into 
how this is going to go. So I haven't told too many people the whole gory details about the book, but I have said that it's a very personal book. It goes through my journey and some of my lessons and, and it's, and it's personal. It's I'm sharing shit here that I wouldn't share normally. Like I will be the first to admit that uh, I'm telling stories and, and things that I have never shared before. I, in the past have been a very closed off private, private person, but in order to, to tell this story, which I think really needs to be told, I think there is, there is a bigger purpose here. I think this story really needs to be told. If I'm going to do it properly, I have to share my own shit. And the only way I can do that is by being authentically myself. And I was thinking about this because that's not an easy thing to do for, for a lot of people, especially myself. And as you go through life and you may or may not have had this experience, but sometimes we, we are not only pressured to fit in, you know, as teens, we're pressured to fit in and be part of the group and, and, and blend in. So we're accepted and we have our little friends group. And as we go through life, we can, you know, there is that pressure to, you know, there is the work version of ourselves. There is the in-law version of ourselves. There's the church version. There's the version of ourselves that we put on for the, the, school board meetings or the parent teacher meetings or the play date moms. Everybody gets a different version of, of themselves. And for me, this is especially true because like the horse's ass and Vernon said, I'm a bit weird and I don't say that badly. I think it's good, but I'm very different. I've got a wackadoo sense of humor. I love to laugh. I swear like a trucker and, and I, I'm very creative. And so over the years, I started out as a teen and really showing the world who I was. But over the years, I've noticed that there has been that tendency to water down your personality so that you can survive in the world, survive in society according to people's expectations. And this is something that a lot of people have talked about, you know, even on social media, because, you know, there's that pressure to look a certain way and, and be a certain way, you know, you know, have your hair, you know, side part versus you know, middle part or wearing the skinny jeans and contouring your face and, and all that horseshit just to, just to fit into society's expectations and, and whether or not that's, you know, how destructive that is. And just as an aside, you know, like that whole, like, you know, fashion industry, there's so much pressure. And, and I will tell you, like, I tried doing that contouring shit, you know, with the highlighter and the dark stuff and the blending and, and all that crap. And I will admit, I tried that one night and I came out looking like a prostitute raccoon who had just gotten in a bar fight and it was not a good look. And so, so what happens is that sometimes we water down our personalities, our sense of humor, we portray a certain version of ourselves just so that, that we blend in and fit in just like the contouring. And I knew that if I was going to write this book, I had to be, I, I had to get rid of that contouring horseshit. I had to be myself. I couldn't water down myself Otherwise, the story wasn't going to make any sense and it wasn't going to be authentic. And uh, there have been people in my life who have inspired me and taught me the lessons to just be myself 100% with this book so that I can share the lessons in a, in a really meaningful way. And I think the lesson here is that you know, I think the world needs are kind of crazy. I really do. And as I, as I work on this podcast and, and hopefully do some motivational speaking down the road, I can really share that message. I don't know how many people love Gary Vaynerchuk out there, but I really love him. Again, swears like a trucker. So I think we're kindred spirits right there. And, uh, but he's always said, own your DNA. 
and uh, be be yourself. And, and one thing that I'm learning as I get closer to older age than younger age is that I think the world needs all our kind of crazy. And what a what a what a tragedy it would be if we went through life and never really showed people our true authentic selves, because I think God gave us that magic, that crazy, that weirdness, all the little quirks and bizarre shit for a reason. And he did that because that's the magic inside of us. And what a tragedy, what a shame it would be is that if we went through our lives, completely watered down our, our selves, our true authentic magic selves, just to fit in and just to make other people happy living according to somebody else's opinions, somebody else's values, somebody else's dreams. What a tragedy that is. And so Edna taught that lesson to me. My mom taught that lesson to me. Be your own authentic self. If you don't like my gate, don't swing on it. I've got some other friends who I will not name because I, I'm not sure they feel totally comfortable with me naming them. But I, I have a, a particular friend who who I've always really massively respected in my life. I worked with this person a number of years ago, and this person uh, is just just a class act, but clearly does not give two shits about what anybody thinks of them. This person is just, this is what you get. You can either like it or fuck off, and uh, has gone through their life just living exactly as they see fit. and and. Uh, this, I will never name this person because I'm not sure they're comfortable with me talking about them on my podcast. But when I was deciding how I was going to frame this book and how, I don't know, vulnerable, how authentic I was going to be, I, I took a chapter out of this person's book and I thought, no, if this person can live so authentically and, and be so true to themselves, then then I can too. And so as I go through this podcast, it's going to be authentically me because I think the world needs to see that. And as I write this book, it's going to be authentically me too. Not everybody's going to love it. That's perfectly okay. Because I think we, every single one of us has a gift, has magic inside of us. And the world needs to see that kind of cray cray, cray cray. So that is my speech today. Ode to Edna. If you don't like my gate, don't swing on it. And if you are watering down yourself, you've got magic inside of you or if you're changing yourself to a large degree whether it's your appearance your language your sense of humor who you present how you present to the world then just know that the world really needs to see your kind of cray cray the world will benefit and you will add value just by showing people your authentic self too and let's see where it takes us right i think it's going to be lots of fun so yeah so thanks for joining in on the ordinary joe show and as you close off buy somebody a coffee, be some, be nice to somebody, pay them a compliment and also look inward and celebrate your weirdness and your magic because the world is a much better place because your cray cray is in it. Have a good day, everybody. Mm -hmm.